In the famous words of Lloyd Christmas, so you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> huh? I mean, it, That's my big takeaway today. You telling me there's a chance with David Hicks? Has he come out and said for sure that he's going to be at the Bedlam game? Is that what uh, this that, report those, is about Those today? words were out of his mouth. Wow. Okay. They would be visiting Oklahoma officially on November 19th. So, I mean, look, this is something we've talked about for a few weeks now, Tyler. Yes, we're telling you there's a chance. Not saying get your hopes up. Please don't get your hopes up. If anything, please do not get your hopes up. I love the excitement on this show about OU football recruiting, but I don't know if we can handle another David Hicks disappointment down the stretch after the first time around. So if anything, do not get your hopes up. I, I mean, I guess you can be optimistic about this one, hey, Parker. you know but, what? Now that uh, you know he's taken an official visit, you're certainly more optimistic than you were before. Well, you said before that you think if he takes the official visit, he's committing to OU. I, I, look, I, OU. I do. And that's look, that's not intel. That's not me telling you that, oh, if he shows up in Norman, he's absolutely going to end up a Sooner. But that's just me reading the tea leaves. If he does take that official visit – I would bet decent money that Brent Venables and Todd Bates and Oklahoma pull off this flip. It is interesting that what what it's probably been, it happened on a Wednesday. So it's probably four or five weeks since that commitment uh, for David Hicks happened. It was, what, the Wednesday after the Kansas State loss, I think. So yep. however many weeks ago, it's four or five. You know, it, it, it's interesting that, that that short of amount of time later, Parker, He's saying out loud to other people that he's still going to take that OU visit. What that says to me is that OU has at least made him pause and maybe rethink his situation a little bit. That would be my guess here is, you know, maybe A&M is still the the favorite to get him. I'm sure they are, but he's at least paused and thought about it a little bit over the course of the past few weeks. Is that fair to say? You know who you're rooting for this weekend if you're an Oklahoma fan? Florida. Yeah, I'm doing the Gator <laughs> Chop yeah. in the studio right now. I can't believe I'm doing that. But I am doing it. Go Gators. The one thing that's going to help your case with DJ Hicks at this point more than anything else is if the wheels fall off in College Station. And they're already falling off, Tyler. They're st- they are more than wobbling yeah. right now. That football team's 3-5. and five. So, all right, there you go. You're in as uh, you are in as good of a possible situation with David Hicks as you could potentially be after he committed, probably for a whole lot of nil money to Texas A&M five, four or five weeks ago, however long it was. So, you got a puncher's chance here, Parker, and that's all you can ask for down the stretch. And yeah, if, if he makes it to that Bedlam visit weekend, which is still a uh, Still a ways away, then things can dramatically shift in OU's favor after that. Yes, and that'd be can. a good time, I mean, because that's down the stretch before the first signing day. That'd be a really good time to, to take the lead. I'm going to guess this thing goes up until that December signing period. Maybe even later after that, who knows? I yeah, don't think we're well, close. We're definitely not close to this being done. No, we're not. And this is what's kind of obnoxious about it all, because... It looked for a while, Tyler, as if this was going to be a very cut-and-dried, easy recruiting cycle for Oklahoma. And now we sit here today, and there's no timetable for a resolution on Peyton Bowen or Colton Vosick or DJ Hicks or Tessilia Kana, so on and so forth. 
We're all just waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm just waiting for the take on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Oh, you guys are getting excited about nothing here. He's just using OU for another raise. He got a big money deal from A&M the first time around and used OU. He's just using OU for A&M to up the price even more. I'm surprised that that text has not uh, come in on the text line it, it, yet. It came in earlier. We got did one it, of those Did texts. it really? Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's not surprising whatsoever. Uh, well, hey, if if you get David Hicks, this is um, we keep talking about the backup options that OU is now offering in recruiting. Well, this is option. This was has always been option number one on the defensive line, and I think for some, he shifts maybe the entire perception of what this recruiting class is. Yes. Um, if you were to get a guy like David Hicks down the stretch, that's a top five class, and. People go from a little bit sour about this class to people saying it's the best class OU's had in quite some time. David Hicks could ultimately be that difference. Him and Peyton Bowen, man, those are the two. And we've talked about this for months and months, even before DJ Hicks uh, was ever in line to commit or had a date set. A lot of – at least in terms of public perception, there was a lot that was going to swing on the recruitments of DJ Hicks and Peyton Bowen. And look – there's still a chance they both end up in OU uniforms. Is it something you're counting on? I'd hope not. But, look, if nothing else, what we know today for a fact, and you don't ha- you don't just have to take our word for it anymore. You know today for a fact that the door is still open in DJ Hicks' recruitment. I-, I think he's such a critical piece of this recruiting class and people view him as such a critical piece for the future of this program as crazy as this is to say and I want to see if you agree with this I'm still kind of trying to throw this around myself to see how I think about it but you know some of the conversation this week has been well now you seemingly have a path to nine wins in the regular season right Uh uh-huh like you got past the past two weeks okay like there is a foreseeable scenario where OU goes nine and three if they finish nine and three and get to that 10th win will people call it a successful season half the people say absolutely not then you've got some people mixed in there that say yeah I I take 10 and three and I might call that a successful season but I feel like if you mix a 10 and three Parker with the signing of David Hicks I think people will I don't know if people will think individually about this season any different, but I do think people will think uh, a little bit differently about the future and what OU can look like and how quickly they can get back to winning conference championships. you agree with that? I would certainly agree with that, and I think if you close with a top three class and you get double-digit wins, you're starting to feel real good about where things are trending in 2024, both in terms of or 2023, excuse me, both in terms of on-field product and the 2024 recruiting class that is to come. Uh, This listener says, too late, Parker. Already put a grand down on both Bowen and Hicks committee. Uh, Well, they're pending right now. He has certainly not been able to cash in uh, either one of those. But, yeah, throw you get David Hicks late, and then you get Peyton Bowen down the stretch as well. Ooh, all that excitement that was once there around the fan base and is starting to maybe slowly, sure, maybe a little bit start to pick back up. Oh, you you went out and you get those two guys and add that to this class? Yeah, there'll be some optimism and some excitement heading into next year. I guarantee you that. This is one of the harder questions we've ever been asked on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. If you could only pick one of the two, who'd you pick between Hicks and Bowen? Uh, David Hicks for me. Now, Peyton Bowen is a dude. Um, you guys watched him on ESPN2 
a couple of Fridays ago. Not only is he a dude as a defensive back, but he is a legitimate returner that could definitely factor into OU special teams plans. But let's remember what we've been talking about for about 10 years now. You need that guy in the middle of the defense, and David Hicks is is that type of player. Yeah, and I am kind of – I'm more torn than I figured I would be just because – I look at the secondary over the course of the last few years, and it's been the most common thread as far as the Sooners' defensive struggles. Like They have lacked dudes in the back end of the secondary, and as you said, Peyton Bowen is that dude. But at the same time, you look at who Oklahoma already has locked down in this class, Jacoby Johnson, Josiah Wagner, Makari Vickers, and that's a pretty solid secondary stable as is. So, especially in light of the fact that Derek LeBlanc is, as of right now, Oklahoma's only other commit on the interior defensive line, yeah, I would rather have DJ Hicks. And I've said it before, I'll say it again, I think DJ Hicks has the chance to be a transformational type of player at the University of Oklahoma. And I think I think he's going to be that type of player regardless of whether he sticks it out with Texas A&M or whether he ultimately flips. Uh, David Hicks is starting day one, says Peyton. Yeah, I wouldn't dispute that. Could A&M's defensive coordinator be a head coach candidate for Ole Miss if Lane Kiffin leaves? DJ Durkin, right, is A&M's uh, uh, defensive coordinator who was an Ole Miss He's got a skeleton or two in the closet. Yeah, I, I, I don't think so. I, I don't think Ole Miss is going to try to go for the sexy hire like they did with Lane Kiffin. I don't think that DJ Durkin, in like you said, with uh, – yeah, what happened a few years ago, I don't think DJ Durkin's going to be up for the Ole Miss job. So I, I guess basically they're asking, like, could DJ Durkin get a job and could that affect the David Hicks recruitment? I, I would not expect uh, very many assistants to be uh, poached for other coaching opportunities this offseason at A&M. I feel like those guys are probably going to be staying put this offseason. Yeah, I, I t- And here's what I mentioned. I think I mentioned this yesterday, and I'll rehash it. I don't think Ole Miss – I I take this all back because I'm realizing now DJ Durkin isn't a first-time head coach. So my spiel that I was about to launch into about SEC programs not hiring first-time head coaches anymore uh, doesn't really hold water. But I will say this. I think if Ole Miss is in position where they need a new head coach, if they lose Lane Kiffin to Auburn or any other job for that matter, I, I, I know there were some rumors this past offseason about him being in contention for the Vikings job. If Ole Miss lost Lane Kiffin, they would swing for the fences. And you don't swing for the fences and come up with a guy like DJ Dirk. They have right? uh, Charlie Wash Jr., who's like your age, basically. <laughs> I felt like he was uh, the OC at FAU at about 14 years old under Lane Kiffin once upon a time. This listener says, unashamedly pumping sunshine and calling it now, we're getting both Hicks and Bowen. Let's go! You end up with the top three class if you get both of those dudes. Another asks, did Parker really offer DJ Hicks unlimited use of the white buffalo to come to OU? Just his parents to be able to get in uh, for every single home and away game. That's that's what it was. Uh, Which, if they're riding in the White Buffalo, that means that they're going to have to go see recruiting prospects on the uh, Friday night of a road trip. So, I hope the Hicks family is okay with that. Somebody said Hicks is a hog lock. That must be an Arkansas fan. Matt Rule could replace Lane Kiffin. Eh, maybe. We'll see. Lane Kiffin hasn't left yet for Auburn, all right? And there's some smoke that that's going to happen, but uh, we'll talk about that once that happens. Uh, we have a listener that's asked repeatedly about Desmond Ricks the last couple of days. That's not happening. That is not happening. 
Desmond Ricks will go to Alabama, to Florida, or to LSU. I would be very surprised if it isn't one of those three schools. And there are reasons for that. Yeah. My grandpa always says the best pass defense is a pass rush. I put Hicks over Bowen, so there's something else from the text line. All right, you guys are flooding them in already. We'll uh, do our absolute best to get to all the text on the Air Coverage Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. But OU has made an offer to a current Cincinnati commit, four-star player. Who is it? What's on his offer list? What's going on? We'll tell you coming up next. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. Oh, the Ref Army is tuned in on this Wednesday all over the country via the Ref app. Just search KREF in the App Store to listen to us wherever you're at on the go. And honestly, it's the best way to listen to us uh, pre- and post-game coverage of OU football games on Saturday. Uh, You can dial us up via the Ref app and listen to all of our content there. Parker City, Indiana is uh, on the map today. Holla! Parker City, Indiana. First time I've seen Parker City, Indiana. Didn't know it existed, but thank you for tuning in today. Mount Olive, Mississippi. Arlington, Virginia. Peoria, Arizona. Highland, Indiana. And you know College Station, Texas. I checked to see if College Station, Texas was tuned in today. By God, they're listening this afternoon. And our small Oklahoma town of the day is Grove, Oklahoma. Oh, love it. Grove, Grove, Oklahoma. Northeast. But, uh, yeah, shout-out to College Station, Texas. Do you think they're getting nervous about this recruitment yet? Or yeah, they still yeah. uh, feel uber-confident? I mean, w- put, yourself, put yourself in their shoes, Tyler. Would you be nervous if your prized commit were taking an official visit to the only other school he was seriously considering? Uh, this is, this is yeah, the equivalent. probably. This is the virtual equivalent of Colton Vosick setting an official to Texas. Now, I know, text line. I already know all, all OU's done is beaten Kansas and Iowa State. So before you text in on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, I understand that there are more potential losses down the road for OU. But like what we thought could be worst-case scenario for OU after the Texas game, like that's kind of happening to Texas A&M right now. <laughs> like, what we thought, if this were to go really bad, this is what it could look like. A&M's really facing that, and I think all of a sudden that's a reality if they lose to Florida at home this weekend. Because worst-case scenario for OU is what? They're not going to go to a bowl game? And if A&M doesn't beat Florida at home on Saturday, yeah, I don't think that they're going to go to a bowl game. On the text line, the 918 demands Parker drive around in the white buffalo with a lava lamp until Hicks and Bowen flip. I'm sorry. Would you Would you I'm be sorry. willing to do that? My apologies to the 918. I... I cannot, in good conscience, actively influence the outcome of a recruitment. So, no. You at least try, I not, though. I will not be driving around mm. in the White Buffalo with the lava lamp. Yeah, well, you see who's really bought in and who's not, I guess, <laughs> in times like this. I would also need to go purchase a power inverter in order to operate the lava lamp in my vehicle. Yeah, I hope so. you're a good driver. If the lava lamp were to bust in the back seat, yeah, that, that could be ooh, problematic. That could be problematic. Mm. 
Lava lamps do not deal well with motion. <laughs> um, OU has extended a new offer. They now, have. how do you pronounce the new first name? I don't know. D-A-E-H. So for now, we're just going to call him... Dea? Dia? I don't know. Dea McCullough. Does okay, that sound sure. good to everyone? All right. Sure. He's Cincinnati, Cincinnati commit from South Bend, Indiana. Four-star safety. Six foot two, 200 pounds. Penn State's offered, Michigan's offered, Utah's offered, Florida's offered, amongst some others. But again, a Cincinnati commit. You know, it feels like recently we've said, oh, well, they made this offer at this position. That's kind of telling for how the recruiting efforts are going at that spot. Does this necessarily tell a story about what's going on at safety for OU? No. No. This is just Brandon Hall casting a wide safety net. In case, just in case, Peyton Bowen doesn't come back around to Oklahoma and hands girlfriends their first documented loss in recorded history. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the Sooners have, what is it? They're up to like five or six new safety offers since Ryan Yates recommitted to LSU. By the way, a couple JUCO offers went out last night as well. JUCO is alive and well, ladies and gents. Okay, let's go. Uh, Keyshawn Blackstock, 6'5", 300-pound offensive lineman out of Trinity Valley, Trinity, Trin, Trinity Valley Community College. There it is. Uh, he picked up an offer last night, as did Kendall Dolby, five foot eleven defensive back out of NEO, up in Miami. Okay. So, JUCO guys, that would leave you to believe that. Uh, well, for one thing, we heard Brent Venables say it uh, pretty much immediately upon taking the OU job, is he didn't want to have to rely on the portal. And I think the Sooners are still going to dip into the portal for quite a few they players this offseason. But if you're going the JUCO route, that's a pretty reliable indication that you want to be able to find immediate impact guys without having to rely on all that the portal has to offer come December and January. So when are people nationally going to start asking, well, Brent Venables has his recruiting policy, and now his staff is out there uh, sending out offers to committed players? What, what does that say? What is the message does that send? They're just offering a, a scholarship to a Cincinnati commit? I'm sure that that's going to be out there sometime soon. Someone's going to pick up on that one. I th- I, I, I've already heard that before several times, so I'm kind of done with that whole storyline, but I'm, I'm sure it's going to reemerge here in the next 24 hours. People have all kinds of different interpretations of Brent Venable's recruiting policies. Now... In general, and this is true not just in recruiting but in life, Tyler. People believe what they want to believe. They look for things that essentially confirm what they want to believe. And so for the Brent Venables detractors, they will find any means necessary to poke holes in the philosophy and in the policy. But we all understand, those of us that are in the know – those of you who have listened to this show over the last nine months, those of you who have listened to Brent Venables himself, you know what the policy is and what it isn't. Yeah. Uh, if I win the lottery tonight, I'm trolling A&M with, I'm going to guess that means OU, tra- trailing A&M with do with billboards in Texas. What do you think Patrick was trying to say there? I have no idea. And, Patrick, he says, what? and then he says, actually, if I win the lottery, you'll never hear from me again. <laughs> Which... That's that's probably because it's up to a billion. Is the lottery up to a billion? Is it really? Dang! I should come on, OU, OU fans. Let's go. Someone's got to win this lottery, 
and uh, pump it into new football renovations or NIL or whatever you want to do. Never, I don't care. Never in my life have I purchased a lottery ticket, but hey, a billion dollars is a lot of money. Worth a shot, right? Yeah. Am I going to hear Might from you well. again if you uh, hit the billion you'll, dollars? You'll hear from me. Lump sum? You'll hear from me. Lump sum or payouts? I'll, I'll, I'll throw everybody here in the ref studios a big extravagant party before I retire. Mm, thank you. You're but welcome. yes, you will retire. Oh, as, absolutely. As, as, I'm not, not working another day in my life. As would I, real quick. Uh, Celia Kana, allegedly supposed to be at Texas A&M this weekend. Who is the uh, team that you're most worried about down the stretch? Is it A&M, is it Texas, or is it those dang Tennessee volunteers who are the number one team in the country for the first time since 1998? Well, when it comes to head-to-head battles with Oklahoma, I'm still probably most worried about A&M because money is money. Uh, and so this this could go one of two ways down the stretch for A&M. Either, as we've talked about, the wheels fall off and there is a lot of money expended to overhaul the current regime. That may mean firing Jimbo Fisher. That may just mean, uh, how do I phrase this delicately, redistributing the assets on his staff. However, that may also, like, if A&M continues to lose – and they stumble to the finish line, this may also mean uh, the A&M boosters, the BMDs, the powers that be financially decide, you know what, we got to spend more than we've ever spent before to get this thing oh, back on there's track. No, yeah, that, like, that's going to be their mentality is just, just to throw more money at it, which you know I, I'm sure that that's going to prove out to be just a great strategy. This listener says, if Parker isn't using the White Buffalo to drop off Brahms bags to Crutes, I have to question his buy-in, I agree. his want-to. And his stick to it. I agree. You guys, you guys heard he wouldn't even drive around the White Buffalo to get Hicks and Bowen. So I don't, I don't even really know what he's doing here. At Listen, this point. I'm, I'm not. I'm certainly not doing the Brahms bags thing because we we saw how the McDonald's bags turned out for Tennessee. Yeah, they're the so. number one team in the country. Like two <laughs> years after. <laughs> okay, okay, that's a fair point. Waiting for someone to call us Juco U, LOL. (laughs) Three-star U to Juco U. Which one do you prefer? Listener of the 951 points out, remember, BV was a Garden City Community College transfer at Kansas State. Snyder practically built the KSU program from the junior college ranks. I'm sure BV knows how the Juco's can help. Yeah, um, Juco football is more interesting now than it's ever been just because of the transfer portal. I mean, even when OU had it rolling in the early 2000s, I'm trying to think of some portal guys they had. Uh, Dante Nicholson was a uh, JUCO guy. There you go. Lance Mitchell was a JUCO guy. Um, Pasha, did I say Pasha Jackson? Pasha Jackson was a JUCO guy. Was Chijoke Anyanagetcha a JUCO yeah, guy he as was. well? Chijoke Anyanagetcha. Uh, who else was a JUCO guy? So I. Like, JUCO recruiting doesn't seem to be as much of a thing as it was 15 to 20 years ago with, you know, the portal being a thing now. Yeah, there were, there were a lot of Sooners, and not just... Josh Heupel was a JUCO guy. Yeah, Alan Patrick came via JUCO. Um, gosh, there were others. Torrance Marshall, I think, was JUCO. Yeah, I want to say, took the JUCO route as well, so... Yeah, look, Dang, their hit rate on JUCO guys was pretty good. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah. No, they, uh, they made some guys some money. Through JUCO, but uh, yeah, it's just it's not nearly as big of a thing anymore, and that's largely due to the transfer portal. But every so often, you still get a few dudes that come up through the JUCO ranks. Uh, Justin Harrington, as a recent example, I'm pretty sure it was 
Perrion Winfrey was, of course, a JUCO guy as well. And then it was Isaiah Coe. That was the other yep. one they got from Iowa Western. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Phil Lodeholtz, text line is saying, was a JUCO guy as well. So, yeah, OU's had definitely had some success with that. I'm not saying that I'm against JUCO players. Not at all with the success that OU's had over the past, what, 25 years or so. I'm just saying it just doesn't feel like as – Many guys are, uh, or as many teams are going after as many JUCO guys as uh, as previous uh, previous years. October recruiting winners via on three. Miami was an October recruiting winner naturally. Uh, Florida was a recruiting winner. Georgia was a recruiting winner. Tennessee was a recruiting winner. Big time. Notre Dame was a uh, recruiting winner in the month of October either. So no mention of OU, which is not surprising. It's been 67 days, I believe, since their last commitment. How would we summarize OU's October uh, in recruiting? Disappointing? Dormant? Yeah, non-existent? Yeah, I mean, literally nothing, nothing happened. Happens. So, yeah. Nothing happened other than losing um, Caden McDonald on the last day of the month. And then I guess, did David Hicks commit? That would, Did that oh. happen in September? That happened in September. Okay. Caleb Spencer flipped. That was the other yeah. thing. So. so it wasn't a great month. No, not a great month. But, I mean, still non-existent. You lose a guy and you're still a top six class. So if anything, that shows you how strong your class was going into the month of October, where nothing happened, and really the only things that happened weren't good for your overall recruiting, and you're still sitting there well inside the top ten at number six. Uh, was Hollywood, uh, Hollywood Brown a JUCO guy? Yep. Yeah, I think he was. Yep, he was. Dee was, was definitely Westbrook. a JUCO guy, yeah. Dang, I didn't – I mean, now that we're just bringing up names, like that is a – is OU JUCO U over the past – 20 years. Lane Johnson, another guy we haven't brought up. Travis Davidson just sent me a text and said, don't forget Lane Johnson. Ramondre Stevenson, a JUCO guy, which he's quietly... Listen to Ramondre Stevenson's stats this year with the Patriots. Um, this is in all uh, all NFL running backs. He's currently 7th in yards per attempt, 3rd in yards after contact per attempt, 8th in touchdowns. Uh, Pro Football Focus has him graded as the 4th overall running back in the league. Like so, most think he's the Patriots' best player this year, Ramondre Stevenson. Oh, he's remember, carved out like a really nice NFL. Remember career that for guy's himself. junior year when he was third on the depth chart at OU? Yeah. Of course, everybody could kind of tell when he got in the game. Okay, that's not your average third stringer. And then 2020, he comes back Halloween against Texas Tech, and the run game just goes poof and just takes off for the rest of the year. Yeah, that boy good. Yeah, so congratulations to Ramondre. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Travis Davidson joins us next right here on The Ref. He joins us every Wednesday at 2.35. He also hosts with me on The Rush every single Wednesday from 3 to 6 p.m. He is Travis Davidson. Travis, um, what's your excitement level? Are you trying to temper your expectations a little bit? How do you feel about this uh, new report that David Hicks is still going to visit OU Bedlam weekend? 
Well, first things first, of course, uh, rest in peace takeoff uh, from my uh, my intro song, uh, Remember the Migos, uh, that uh, um, passed away yesterday. But um, the David Hicks, uh, you know, news, it's, it's exciting, man. Anytime you can get a guy like him on campus, you know you got a shot, right? I mean, an official visit, the fact that he never canceled it uh, is big time. And the fact that A&M has been, didn't, like, nothing but slide since then, you got to keep in mind, I mean, he committed, and then all of a sudden, you know, they suspend players, they lose games, they, you know, have all kinds of drama going on. Um, and Oklahoma, what have they done really since then? Well, you know, they've beaten a couple teams they probably should have, but they at least beat the teams. And they've shown improvement, just had a great uh, defensive showing, uh, especially, uh, you know, uh, stopping that run game. So I feel good about it. Uh, by the way, text line, uh, let's get to a few of those real quick. What are y'all's thoughts on Ashton Sanders getting an OU offer? We talked about that yesterday, what, three-star defensive lineman from L.A.? I guess he's taking a Bedlam visit as well, Yeah, he'll be, there. he'll be there in town the exact same weekend. And you know what's funny about the whole DJ Hicks situation? I wonder if, I wonder if OU fans, especially the more cynical recruiting fans, are going to keep the same energy about DJ Hicks taking an official visit to OU while committed to A&M as they would about one of their players taking a visit elsewhere while committed to OU. Because, you know, like, for instance, if – and I, I don't want to pick out a specific – let's just say Jackson Arnold because everybody and their dog knows he's not going anywhere. But let's just say, for the sake of the hypothetical, that Jackson Arnold decided to take an official visit to Notre Dame. You know we get people on the text line saying, well, he sure ain't committed to Oklahoma then. Well, if DJ Hicks is taking an official visit to Oklahoma, is he really committed to Texas A&M? I don't know. I would be a little nervous if Jack Snortle were to take a visit to Notre Dame. I, exactly. uh, I still view him uh, 100% committed, and I'm not worried about him whatsoever, but I'd still be a little bit nervous there. To Celia Kana updates, taking the visit to A&M this weekend uh, for the Florida game, it still feels like OU is the leader, right? Yes. Yes, it does. Uh I mean, again, I think the one thing that I would worry about if I'm an OU fan right now is what happens if Tennessee keeps winning and they win the battle to get to Celia Kana's final official visit? Because we kind of touched on it yesterday, Tyler. Tennessee's on the verge of being a really dangerous team, both on the football field and in recruiting, if they can keep up this success. And if they go to Athens and win this weekend, I – I'm starting to get major 2019 LSU vibes with this team. Yeah, you know what? what's interesting about Tennessee, Travis, is you know when we talk about teams that are heavily involved in NIL, it's Miami, it's A&M, and it's Texas for the most part. But Tennessee is very, very uh, heavily involved in NIL. I mean, there's been the rumors about how much they're paying their five-star quarterback in this class. I don't know if they shell out as much cash as A&M does, but the difference between Tennessee and those other schools is, well, they're actually winning, unlike Texas, A&M, and Miami. So what happens if Tennessee gets going, mixed in with that heavy NIL? It's it's a situation to watch for sure. Oh, absolutely. It's one to watch. And what's funny is when Parker and I were uh, in Las Vegas uh, for the overtime 7-on-7 uh, seven seven event, um, went out there and they handed out uh, – you know, books, really nice roster books uh, that really helped a lot with our kind of organization and identifying different kids. But they gave little bios on each team and on uh, on, on on Nico's team. It led with him 
you know, talking about his NIL deal and the reported multi-million dollar. I mean, they are printing it. I mean, they're talking about it in in publications at events. I mean, the Tennessee NIL buzz is absolutely there. It is something that's widely talked about and regularly talked about. Yeah, Steve Young in Edmond. No, not that Steve Young. Hollywood Marquise Brown, College of the Canyons Juco. It's safe to say that sleeping on Juco players is extremely foolish. Uh, Then we had another one saying, I want to be Juco U. After we read all those names last segment, Parker, I think some people are like, huh? Yeah, the JUCO route is, <laughs> by OU standards, has been a pretty good route to uh, to go on, actually. JUCO has been kind to Oklahoma. Yeah. No, it, uh, and Tyler, it Tyler, reading that text, it, it's more like, Hollywood! Yeah, just Marquise like. Marquise Brown. Just it, was like in, uh, it was in all caps. Yeah, just like, uh, just like uh, why, why am I, Gus Johnson. Just like Gus Johnson, who hey, came Travis, up with that nickname. Travis, we got a text from one listener up in your neck of the woods that says, Hey, Trav, how about some David Hicks commercials for Trey's Bar and Grill? Well, yeah, we, we, can, we can make something happen. Uh, I don't know if I, I can talk about it much, but there's uh, audience rent is, uh, is, is starting uh, um, to, to launch some OU players here in the next couple of weeks. So I'm, I'm doing my part. I'm doing my part. Well, if I want anyone to get a new NIL deal, you guys know how much I hate Missouri and can't stand them and think their fans are a bunch of dorks. But their kicker... Um, is trying to get the moniker of Thicker Kicker with two C's. Thicker Kicker, <laughs> five foot eleven, two hundred and forty-three pounds. I hope Jeez. Thicker Thicker Kicker uh, gets some nil play. Tyler versus Missouri is one of the best rivalries in the new SEC. It's the only rivalry that Missouri has at this point because nobody <laughs> cares about them. That's like a that's like a mini fridge trying to kick a field goal. That's incredible. Yeah, he's like twenty three and twenty five on the year. I think he's actually been a pretty good kicker for them. So let's see if we can get thicker uh, thicker kicker going. Th- this is a question to both of you, and, it, and it's and it's a question to the text line as well. Four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. I am wondering, and like the the whatever this class's final ranking is like. It doesn't have to determine one way or the other, like how good of a class it really is. I guess I'm just wondering, like, what's the line of success in terms of like what the fans think in this recruiting class? Is anything eight and above considered a massive success, Parker? Is anything just in the top ten considered a success by the fan base? Or does this have to be a top five class or higher for the majority of the fan base to say, yeah, this staff knocked it out of the park with this recruiting I mean, class? Look, it, it depends on your perspective, right? There, there are folks that will be pleased regardless if Oklahoma closes with a top ten class, which they're going to, right? But there will also be those that remain determined to be cynical about the direction of OU football and recruiting, even if the Sooners close with a top three class, right? So you, you, you get a whole bunch of different perspectives across this fan base. I think on the whole, in a general sense, a top six class will get people feeling really excited in year one because, quite honestly, that's far above the norm for a first-year coaching staff and a first-year head coach to be able to land a top six recruiting class nationally. So as long as you can maintain where you're at right now, add a couple key pieces down the stretch, a to Celia Kana, maybe a Peyton Bowen, for instance, then, yeah, I think you're in a good position to be able to satisfy the vast majority of people who have a rational head on their shoulders. What do you think, Travis? Well, uh, Alfred Lord Tennyson uh, famously said, "'Tis better to have loved and lost 
than never to have loved it all. Um, I'm guessing Alfred uh, never paid attention to college football recruiting. God, because, God bless him if he didn't. Because uh, yeah, I, I think really that's part of the problem and kind of what Parker was bringing up as far as perspective goes is, I mean, we saw that number three next to our name. We saw David Hicks with all the crystal balls. We saw him get fonged. We saw all these guys in the class. And I think since people kind of got that in their mind and they saw it, and they said, man, this is the class that's really just going to, you know, set these records and everything like that. If we fall back to, say, eight or something like that and finish with that, I mean, there's naturally going to be a lot of disappointment. But if I'd have told you the day Brent Venables got hired, I said, you know what, guys, he's going to have a 2023 class in the top ten as well. He's going to go back-to-back in the top ten, um, sight unseen. And people would people would have been cool with that. They'd have been like, man, this is awesome because – we know 2024 is going to be a really good class with a lot of kids with Oklahoma ties. but So I think I think it really comes down to that. I think people have seen it and say we need to be top five. Uh, let's see. 8 to 10 has done OU pretty well recruiting. If we are talking about getting over the hump, we need top six IMO. I think top six is a, is a pretty good place when we're talking about, um, wow, this, this staff really knocked it out of the park with this class. I think if you get to a top five, if you had like the number five overall class, which can definitely happen. Yeah, I think everyone's going to be really, really happy with that and uh, maybe even more optimistic uh, in the future. You get David Hicks, though, guys, you are going to finish with the top five class, and I think David Hicks could really change. Not that everyone's down on this class, but it can really help the perception of what this class is because if you get David Hicks, Parker, you kind of got everything, right? You got your big-time interior defensive linemen. You got your edge players. You got your backers, your secondary players. You got everything in this class if you can just get a guy like David Hicks. If you can get David Hicks, I really don't think it matters at that point who else you round out this class with. If you manage to flip DJ Hicks from Texas A&M, again, for most rational fans, and I know, like, looking at this from the perspective of a recruiting analyst, if you're just looking at Oklahoma's class as it stands right now, you add DJ Hicks to the fold, it doesn't really matter what kind of sprinkles you get on top, as it were. If you add DJ Hicks to this class, it is a truly elite class. Yeah. This class well, has difference makers in this class, says the text line. Yeah, go ahead, Travis. Well, and, and, and to Parker's point right there, when it comes to David Hicks, it's not just getting a player like David Hicks. It's if David Hicks end up in this class, it will kind of put the end to a lot of uh, worries that Oklahoma fans have had, right? Because what's what's a common theme? Man, we keep on losing out five stars to A&M. We keep on losing it to this big NIL monster, this, that, and the other. It's not just getting David Hicks in the class. It's flipping him from A&M to get him in the class. And I think that's why – OU fans would love it so much. This isn't just signing, you know, signing somebody who OU led for the whole time and, and, and it's a no-drama signing. It is beating somebody who's had your number recently um, late in the process. Yeah. All right, 405-651-3439 is the text line if you want to hop in. Final segment of Locked In coming up next. If everything were to go right for OU football recruiting from now until signing day, what would that class look like? Who would be a part of that class? We'll tell you coming up next. Keep it locked right here on The Ref.
Elite Roofing Systems bringing you this hour of Locked In with McComas Thune and Davidson today. Elite Roofing Systems, they're servicing all of Oklahoma's roofing needs. Let Craig Cox and the team at Elite Roofing put over three decades of experience to work for you. EliteRoofOK.com or 405-361-3094. That's 405-361-3094 in Oklahoma City. Text line says, okay, David Hicks is amazing. Can't take that away from the kid. But I'm calling it now. Phil Pachotti and Eric McCarty are going to be the studs and show a lot of people how underrated they were. Them boys good. But say he kind of stole that uh, from you, right? Yeah, he did kind of steal that. It's kind of become a catchphrase of mine, I yeah, suppose. Yeah. Uh, what What does it look like if everything goes right from here on out? Realistically, right? DJ uh, Hicks. DJ Hicks, Akana, and Bowen, and Bowen right? Yeah, the, the, those three, and then it's everybody. Like, then it's, okay, what's best case scenario in terms of filler the rest of the way? Really, if you get those three, I would argue that's best case scenario, regardless of who's your other safety at that point in time, regardless of uh, what other takes you decide you need late in the cycle. You also got to keep Colton Vosick committed in the best-case scenario for Oklahoma. And, look, I think the best-case scenario is feasible, right? It's not a pipe dream, necessarily. There's a chance that DJ Hicks, Peyton Bowen, and Tassili Akana are all Sooners. In fact, I, I believe that Cecilia Kana and Peyton Bowen will be Sooners, and you have to be encouraged by today's news that DJ Hicks has taken that official visit. There's a chance that all three are in OU uniform. Travis, what is the the uh, the, the best possible, if everything goes right, path for OU? Akana, Hicks, and Bowen. Does that get them to the number three class? It gets you huge recruiting wins over A&M and Texas, your two biggest recruiting rivals. Does that at least get you to the number three class? Oh, it definitely gets you the number three class, and I think it solidifies. I, I think it's hard for Colton Vosick to walk out the door uh, if you've got those guys coming in and saying, hey, you want to play You want to play with us under Bates and Chavis and Venables? Come on. Come on with it. Hicks could ignite flip season for OU, I would think. I, I wonder if there's some truth to that, if David Hicks could impact Peyton Bowen. I, I think Akana's going to end up at OU, but could it impact Peyton Bowen? Hey, Travis, how do you feel about that four-flip prediction? Because – I tell you what, it's, man, I've, it's I've been thinking table. about that a lot. I've been thinking about that a lot. I've been actually looking to go back through the pods and find it and clip it so I can replay it. Travis is going to do a victory lap if this happens? Is that what he's As saying? As he should. As he should. That was, I'll be honest. That was kind of an outlandish prediction at the time because I think most people looked at the targets on OU Sport and they're like, okay, where are the four flips coming from? Of course, we didn't know at that point that if OU lands DJ Hicks, it would come via flip. And there was a. It looked for a while like Peyton Bowen was just going to decommit from Notre Dame. Yeah. So those could be two flips. Where are the other two? That becomes the question at this uh, point. Before we get out of here this hour, krefsports.tv, krefsports.tv. Basically, every single high school game in the state of Oklahoma has been moved to Thursday. So we got a full slate coming up tomorrow in high school football. Check it out, krefsports.tv, for your high school football fix Thursday night coming up tomorrow night. That'll do it for Parker, the Friday rush on Wednesday. Coming up next, keep it locked on the ref.